Hi, I waited for you. <laughs> I waited for you. <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, another episode, number 97 of Res Hockey. I'm Trevin. With me is uh, the indigenous version of Borat, Bushrat. Hi, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> that better uh, hashtag it trademark that soon. <laughs> and for you guys who are interested, he will wear a one piece spandex uh, bathing suit for you, like Borat too, if you're interested. Yeah. It's called the Reverse Fans. If you don't send me money. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you pics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, welcome to another episode. Um, we're happy for you to join us. Um, who are listening on the like Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Google, iHeart, Podbean. I think that's it. Plus, yeah. eventually we'll get this shit on YouTube. So, oh yeah, we'll uh, get that get that all sorted out. But yeah, thanks for joining us um, for this week. Our guest is from Norway House Cree Nation. Yes. Uh, He's currently a student slash hockey player at the University of Manitoba, where he plays for the Bisons. Our guest for this week is Tony Apatagan. Apatagan. I think I would have got it right if we didn't ask him earlier on. (laughs) But knowing us, knowing our luck, we'd butcher yeah. his last name. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's always fun sitting sitting around with uh, student athletes and having them explain and talk about their uh, life of a student athlete. Um, it's pretty cool that uh, Tony, uh, with his bit busy schedule with school and hockey, that he sat sat around with us and talked some hockey. So. Yeah. Well, we'll be playing the interview later on in the show. Uh, shout outs. Do you have any shout outs for episode 97? Mm, no. No, not tonight. No. No, same here. Interesting. So, yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah. Before we forget, we just wanted to. Oh, what? Our land acknowledgement. Exactly. Uh, whereas Hockey Podcast is recording. On the traditional land of the Anishinaabe, we are on Treaty 3 territory, so we just want to give a, a shout-out and land acknowledgement for us being, well, me being on your land, I guess you could say, yeah. Bush. Uh, Treaty 9 being on Treaty 3. So <coughs> I'm thankful. Thankful. <laughs> uh, Res Hockey would like to give our... Thoughts and prayers, our condolences to the family of Charlie Charlie Watt Wash Wash. Uh, Charlie was a guest on our on our show back in episode 60, 65? No, 50, 59. Uh Charlie was a big uh supporter for uh hockey for youth hockey, men's hockey, girls hockey. In northern Quebec, um, he is from Sasasabi, so we just want to send our condolences to everyone who knew Charlie, his family, his friends, his kids, his spouse. So, uh, we're very sorry for for Charlie's loss. Uh, he will uh, he left an impact for sure on native hockey in Quebec. Um, really nice guy. I played against him in 
minor hockey and uh men's hockey tournament so he he was always a nice guy he always had a smile on his face uh we were playing midget hockey one year in Valdor and the freaking guy slashed me really hard and I <laughs> turned around looked at him and he was just had a big grin on his face just smiling he he was that type of guy who always had a smile on his face so uh so we're thinking of Charlie's family during this difficult time Whew. uh last night was that last night uh, Edmonton Oilers had their Indigenous night. No, the yes, Monday, Monday night, yeah. How can we have your glasses like that? <laughs> this is my headphones. This... Yeah, carry on. Oh, yeah, they had their Indigenous night. They had uh, a lot of uh, Chiefs, Grand Chiefs. Are they called Grand Chiefs out, out West? Or is it? I don't know what the term would be over there, but. They don't use the term Grand Chief, eh? Like. No. I don't know what yeah, but anyways, but they had a nice ceremony. They had uh three ladies who sung the national anthem in Cree, which was really cool. Uh they had uh powwow dancers during the intermission, so it was it was a very good uh and the Oilers won too, so I guess it was a yeah. good night overall. But it was cool to see uh your 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 buddy super fan of goo. <laughs> I mean, that's what you call a diehard hockey fan. Eh? Oh, yeah. Like face paint, gold teeth, this head to toe Oilers stuff. Yeah. Do you watch? I, do you uh, follow I admire him on TikTok? His courage. No, I don't. Follow him I... on TikTok, man. He's <laughs> He acts the same way he does away from the rink, like how he acts at the rink. Mm. It's, uh, it's pretty. He's a nice guy. I I don't know him personally, but that's what you call a diehard fan. Yeah. Super fan Magoo. Like they had a lot of guys that like uh they had Don Burnstick at the game. They had uh Harlan Kingfisher, who was a past guest. Yeah. Uh, who who owns Smudge the Blades. He was at the game too. So it, they had a lot of uh, indigenous people at the game. So what uh which was cool to see. And, it's always good to support these NHL organizations when they recognize us indigenous people. And they Oilers won. What was it like four one? Four to one, yeah. Four different goal scorers. Nothing to celebrate about. They're gonna shit the bed anyways. Give them <laughs> give them five games and they'll be uh cack at the bed. <laughs> did you see that one cross check dry settle did? Um I saw he- dry settle falling forward and uh, accidentally raising his stick towards a player as he was falling off his balance. <laughs> but uh, no, the, this one play. I, like know, he, I know, I know. I, he cross-checked the back of the legs. So I I've would imagine s- you never seen that before. You've never done that before. Oh, I, I jabbed the guy's leg, like calf with my stick, but I not cross. I kind of haven't seen a guy cross-check the back of someone's legs like that. Well, clearly. Or, or first I, for everything. When I cross check, I'll try to cross check the guy's pants to like to fall down. Like I'll push down. Usually, I try and cross check where there's a padding. No me. No matter what, me, I always try and go for the padding because I I look at it. I'm going to treat him the way I want him to treat me. So if I'm going to get slashed or cross checked, I want him to slash or cross check me where there's padding, not where there's just flesh. And well, for me, well for <laughs> me, it's. Uh, Get cross 
cross check or get cross check first. So I rather cross check first. <laughs> so. Of course. And like if you're gonna slash someone, slash between the glove and the elbow pad, there's always room. So you nope, just want to get... I've got padding. The whole... from your glove to your elbow pad, there's no gap. Yeah, just... I've got I've got my I got my wrist guards. They're pretty solid. Yeah, I've all, I've worn them since uh uh when I was in intramurals in the states because I didn't know how how clutch and grab they were gonna be. I want to slash you then to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of slashing, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the UK police in Great and Great Britain they have issued an arrest warrant for that player. Um, he's being charged. Well, he's not being charged. Manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 but but the but the police inspectors quoted just because there's an arrest does not presume guilt. It's just their protocol. And he actually made a point to say that he is not guilty right now because he's being arrested. We are just falling through the motions that in investigations that they have to arrest him. Doesn't mean he's guilty of uh manslaughter. They just but he's being arrested. Do you think the law should come into the game of hockey like that? No. Remember remember when Dino Cicerelli back in the eighties got charged for Slashing against Toronto when he played for the Minnesota Nurses, he got charged with assault with a deadly oh. weapon. But I think it was like thrown out. But yeah, like I knew a guy in junior who swung his stick and and uh, like that, and he got charged with assault. Oh, and one time I was playing in a men's NIST tournament, and I was and I was picking on this guy, and I kept on hooking him trying to get him to do something. Sure enough, he must have had enough of my shit, and he turned around, he swung, baseball swing, hit me right in the face. Oh. And my dad jumped off the bench and chased him all around the ice. <laughs> and once my dad got a hold of him, he beat the crap right out of him. And the, the arena attendant for that, for that arena asked if, like, we had to do, like, an incident report if we wanted to press charges. Oh, but uh, my dad said no. But <laughs> that hurt. Freaking, I'm gonna like, crack my cheekbone. Oh, I guess that's what I get for being a pain in the ass and try to a little, <laughs> my little shit. But yeah, but no, I think uh, the guy, uh, the guy had. You have to have control of everything, like your skates, your elbows, your hands, your sticks. Have control of your hockey equipment and. <laughs> He was reckless. Like he's I don't reckless. Understand. Yeah, kick him out of the league for life. But I don't think any criminal charges. Like kick him like, out of the out of the out of the European league ever. Like when I played, I always did, I did a lot of open ice hits, and I always I would never ever throw my body or have no control of my legs. I don't mm-hmm. understand how a guy like that didn't have control. But it's it's a scary situation now. You see a lot of uh, NHL players wearing neck guards. Yeah. Um, I went to the AHL game between Manitoba Moose and Laval Rockets, and you see a lot of players wearing neck guards now. So a lot mm-hmm. of like TJ Oshie, he's wearing a neck guard. Yeah. So a lot of players are uh, being more I've, more safety. I've been wearing a neck guard now. since uh, 2006. The only bought, reason you wear a freaking neck guard is because you're hiding your hickeys. 
<laughs> Shit. <laughs> when you go to restrooms, <laughs> when you go to restrooms, you just your neck gets blasted. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's better to be safe than sorry, right? If yeah, mm-hmm. if a professional player can lose control of his gate like that, like what makes you think that a regular yeah amateur player like us can do like this a drunken. Thing, right? A, a drunken beer league player. Exactly. Yeah. No. True. You know. You know who actually uh, uh, sold me that and explained why was uh, is Matt Richards in two thousand six. He was explaining to me like uh, like it's Kevlar, so it's cut resistance. It'll it'll stop the blade. Like I'll I'll probably still get a good bruise, but and then he explained like if this if that stuff was around when 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 we were young, it'd be it'd be it'd be easier to get used to it. Is it is it better for a parent to invest in Kevlar equipment like socks and oh, wrist yeah. guards and stuff like that? Invest in their kid to wear that protection rather than their child being being cut by an accident mm-hmm. by by a blade or something. Well, obviously, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because well, it, it can uh, be expensive, sorry. right? Yeah, yeah, it can be expensive, but it's an investment, right? An mm-hmm. Investment for your child's safety. Well, look at uh, last year for the season. Look what happened to uh, look how Pat Maroon accidentally stepped on Evander Kane's wrist. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a total, total, absolute accident. But if had I, I do believe if Kane had worn cut resistance stuff, like would have maybe uh, nothing would have happened. True. Like I don't, I, I don't think the average Joe knows how sharp our blades actually are, especially NHL players. Y- yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like us regular, us regular Joes, like we sharpen our skates maybe once a month, or but NHL players sharpen them once, once every intermission, right? So yeah, yeah, they'll just go over the the one or two passes over the sharpener, and then that's it. But that's every game, though, right? Yeah. Like, damn, that's a sharp. Yeah, I think parents have to talk with their kids to coaches. Talk with your kids about safety and about like how to control your body, control your feet when if you're going in for a hit, right? You got to control your legs mm-hmm. and not have what happened in across in Great Britain where the guy just totally didn't have control of his his lower body and unfortunately it led to a death. It's yeah. scary. So. Yeah, we're your neck guards, kids. Uh, I know a long time ago we used to take take the the one piece out of the neck guard and just have like the neck guard as a like no protection. Mm-hmm. And it was stupid of us to do that. Or we used to tape our neck guards so it wouldn't be so thick on our neck. So uh, be safe. Know know how to take a hit. Know how to give a hit. Yeah. Because n- nowadays. Like you, sixteen hockey. A lot of these kids don't know how to hit. It's. I think they should go back to Pee Wee where they were hitting. Teach them when they're younger. Like like our age. I mean, like when yeah. we played, it was Pee Wee hitting. So yeah. Pee Wee. So, yeah. so coaches, parents, talk to your kids about the safety of, uh, the control of your lower, especially your lower body when given a hit or taking a hit. Right. You don't want no incidents that happened because it's it's a 
life or death matter, unfortunately, and, it, and it's scary. Um. Okay. I All right. Question. When we were playing in Phoenix, I was called a cherry picker, and it I didn't like it. It pissed me off. I <laughs> went up to that guy and I told him "f you," and I think he was pretty surprised and shocked that I swore at him. But he called me a cherry picker. But the thing is, when my defenseman had the puck and he's rushing it, I skated towards the blue line, thinking I'm going to get the pass. It's not like I'm. Sc- Standing at the other team's blue lines, waiting to get a pass or waiting for the puck to come towards me. Um, so what is a cherry picker? Uh, I would say, <laughs> like, when the puck's in our defensive zone and ours in our end, I'm not hanging around the blue the red line or the far blue line trying to get a pass i'm in my own end but when i see my defenseman with the puck i'm gonna head yeah head to to the offensive zone and not not just stand there like i don't understand why a lot of these hockey so-called hockey players don't understand that the fuck you gonna do when a defense your defenseman has a puck just stand there and watch your defenseman (laughs) with a puck no you're gonna skate you skate towards The offensive zone. So True. that's what I was doing. And he called me a cherry picker. I was like, whatever. And like, I swore at him. <laughs> then I two-handed him. <laughs> it pissed me off because that's what I was doing. Like, I wasn't standing in one spot behind their defense. Like, So I think a cherry picker is when a guy st- stands by the other, the blue line, red line area, and they don't come back in the defensive zone. They wait for a pass or wait for the puck. I mean, which I don't do. So F you for calling me a cherry picker. So, I mean, like when you and I play, yeah. when you have the puck and I'm playing forward, I start skating because I know you're going to either pass me the puck or you're going to pass it to someone else and we're going to go on our off- offensive zone. Yeah. So. I'm not going to stop there and stand there and look like a dummy looking in the stands. That oh, That's funny that we bring this up. I must have been really yeah. butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, but anyways, cherry pickers are annoying to play with. I mean, they ruin a lot of, a lot of the fun, right? Because yeah. it takes one pass for that person to go on a breakaway and score. And after a while, people either don't pass to him or they just don't, the goalies won't try when he's on a breakaway. Yeah. We know a lot of guys in, in Kenora who are cherry pickers and it just, it doesn't make it fun. Like I won't pass to a cherry picker. If he's not coming back on our end to help, I will not pass to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll shoot the puck at him like a high sauce to hit him in the head or something. But yeah, <laughs> but um. <laughs> But yeah, it's been two weeks since we were in Phoenix, and I'm still kind of butthurt that he called me a cherry picker. <laughs> and it's just I don't understand when people say that. Like, I'm in my end. I'm just trying to skate. I'm trying to beat your defenseman. Yeah, idiots. It is like that. It pissed me off. That yeah, they play hockey, but they don't know the game. I should have cross checked them. <laughs> in the back of the legs. We have dry settle <laughs> yeah. style back of the legs. 
Maybe next time I will. There you go. Shotgun. Anyways, uh, Anyways, that was my vent. That was my vent yeah. for this week. Thank you for listening to me. To me, vent. I feel better. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think I'm gonna smudge now so I can get all that negativity away from me because yeah. I'm done and finished talking about me being called a cherry picker. Oh, you know, in the, speaking of smudging, you know why we didn't win the Mega Millions or Powerballs because we didn't actually smudge it because we just we you just know. did the motions, right? I looked at my numbers. I didn't have nothing right. I had one number right out of out of uh, like twenty lines. I, I think I, I had like I had number twenty or something. I can't remember. It was just like, oh come on, man, give us some more than that. That's the cool thing about like the U.S. Like while Bush and I were waiting for our flight in at the airport in Phoenix, they had lottery yeah yeah like vending machines or <laughs> yeah and like you just pick what what you want what kind of ticket you want and you put your money in and you get a lottery ticket which was pretty cool so yeah. i spent my last 30 american dollars on a powerball and some mega millions money. mega millions i wasn't even close damn it but uh whatever it is what it is next year next year waste of money <laughs> uh let's uh head up over to our interview with uh, Tony. 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 Okay, let's go. Yeah. Whereas Hockey would like to introduce our guest for episode number 97. Excuse me. He's from... I almost said Cross Lake. <laughs> oh, 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 I left right away. <laughs> From Norway House Cree Nation in Manitoba. He's currently attending the University of Manitoba. Res Hockey would like to introduce our guest, Tony Apatagan. Welcome to the show, Tony. Right on. Thanks for having me, guys. That was a close one. I, I oh. almost. <laughs> Oh boy, I would have just left right away. No, nothing but respect to those guys. Uh, I'm happy they won this past uh, Friday, so congratulate to them. Um, how did you get started in the game of hockey? Oh, pretty much like every res kid. It's either hockey or baseball. So my uh, my dad got me some uh, hockey stuff. He got me a stick, and uh, started probably in the kitchen, uh, putting some holes in the walls. <laughs> but and then it translate to the ice. I remember. Uh, well, I don't remember, but he he tells me uh, when I first started, he got me like a like a chair, and he just threw me on the ice for like balance and all that. So, uh, and eventually I got that balance, and then yeah, here we are. Uh, you played a couple of years for uh, Norman North Stars out of the Manitoba U18 league. It's a really good league. I go to a lot of games in Kenora and I because. Uh, I'm a scout for a junior team. Well, uh, anyways, but yeah, you, you uh, played a couple uh, years for that. How how was that playing in that league? Yeah, it was a really good experience. Uh, well, I'm going to be honest. Uh, like Organized hockey was until I went to Thompson to play there. Uh, I wasn't even a tryout. I just, you know, I wanted to get on the ice and not expecting to make the team. And then next thing you know, they put the roster up and – here I am moving away at 16 years old for the first time, and it's a pretty big jump. Um, the league is really good. A lot of good like, uh, prospects. and Yeah. But it seems like more nowadays, it's more prep hockey now. It seems like yeah. a lot of people are going to prep route, which is fine. I think with that, the prep hockey, I think a lot of 
schools and teams really try to get First Nation kids because they know their band will pay pay for their their school and then pay for their uh their hockey right because yeah. my daughter at was at, my daughter and son were asked to go to I won't name the school but one of the schools and and they wanted like thirty two grand a a player like for my like each for my kids so that would have been sixty four grand so yeah it's it's good hockey but if you really want to want you'll you'll be paying big bucks right. Yeah, I feel like that's what everywhere now though. A lot of people are paying to play. Like I know the junior league here, I think you gotta pay like ten grand or something. And yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, how was it when you played uh junior? Did you have to pay to play? No, I got lucky. Uh I guess when I aged out, that's when I started uh like actually hammering down on the payments. I actually when I got traded from OCN to uh Winnipeg the I found out some of the players were paying like ten grand, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm not gonna come if you're gonna make me pay that much." Like, I'm not paying to play hockey, no chance. Yeah, you mentioned that you played in the MJ. What was your uh, favorite experience from your MJ days and your KJ days? Oh, my KJ days, uh, uh, Junior B. <laughs> that was a real. Because uh, you lit it up one year, also. eh? Yeah, I played one year. I actually tried out for the Blizzard, and then uh, I actually got cut. And then the coach was like, well, we like how you are, and we like you as a player, but we feel like you're not ready for the the junior A step, I guess. So I was like, well, I have other teams uh, offering to pick me up, but I really want to play for the Blizzard. So I I just decided to play junior B for a year and uh, excelled, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think I got like 102 points in like 34 games or something like that. <laughs> so it was a, it was fun. <laughs> um, okay, you're currently a student athlete at the University of Manitoba. How is it balance school and hockey? How do you find it? Uh, my first year was really tough. It was uh, especially like being out of school for so long because you I think you play junior when you're like. 18 to 20, sometimes 17 to 20. And then, uh, like, that three-year gap is really uh, – it catches up to you, that's for sure. I remember my first year, I really struggled in school. But uh, here at the university, we had a lot of uh, a lot of support that really helped, helped me, especially as an Indigenous student. Indigenous student athlete, I should say, is, uh, like, it's pretty – yeah, it's difficult. What are you uh, currently studying in school? Right now, I'm in uh, kinesiology, recreation management. Do you have uh, any plans uh, work-wise or anything once you're done uh, and you obtain your degree? Yeah, uh, actually, my plan is to go back home and uh, become the recreation director and give our youth like a lot of programs and a lot of support because... I feel like a lot of res, reses don't really have that, and I want to make give some youth my experience from the oh, hockey sure. world and the other. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you play against former guest Roddy Ross, who is a goalie at the University of Saskatchewan. How was it playing against another First Nation player? 
Honestly, it's great. Even in the res tournaments, we play him a lot too. He's uh, with the canoe, canoe young guns, right? Like, yeah, canoe league. Yeah, yeah. but playing him at a uh, like I guess at the university level, you could just see why he's there. He just moves so well, and I heard he's a good guy too. I don't really know him personally. Um, I think I scored like three goals on him. So, yeah, <laughs> that's bragging race right there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, what kind of music do you listen to before games? Some, uh, some tunes to pump you up? Uh, mainly rap and a little bit of country, but whatever the boys put <laughs> on in the locker room, I'm not too, uh, big into music. I know they like the, 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 the dance music or whatever. Like, like the techno like stuff? Like the techno stuff, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the techno stuff, but whatever gets the boys going, I guess. <laughs> What's your pregame meal? My pregame meal? Uh, I like chicken and rice, some broccoli. Used to be a big pasta guy, but I felt like it just made me feel heavy on the ice. So I just cut down the like protein. Uh, do you live on off campus or on campus? I live off campus. I actually live with my uh, dog. He's on the coach crash door right now. His <laughs> name is Tank. He's an English bulldog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And um, I actually have a roommate, but he's not here right now. He's working. So, so, so you you gotta know how to cook then, most of the time. Yeah, and a max out credit card to skip skip the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Holy if you were going to invite Bush and Bush and I over to your place to have supper, what would you cook us? What's your uh, your chef go to meal? Well, I would have to say <laughs> baked spaghetti. Basically. Yeah, I love them. Love it. Um, me hungry. Yeah, I had uh, <laughs> Philly cheesesteaks for supper tonight. It was really good. Really, I've never tried it. After never tried it. it's really good. I uh, I had some steak and I cut it up, and I first first I cut up my mushrooms, my green peppers, and my onions, and I and I saute that. Then I throw my steak in. Then I throw it provolone cheese. And put it in a hoagie bun. Unreal. Holy, should be inviting me and Bush over then. <laughs> yeah. One of these times. Yeah. Uh, uh, you go ahead, sorry, Trevor. Go, uh, go, uh, you mentioned niche tourneys. Uh, favorite niche tourney to play in? Uh, well, Freddie, obviously. But now that uh, we have our own tournament, the Brett Wilson Memorial Tournament, uh, I, I kind of 50-50. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I like uh, Freddie though. Freddie's really yeah. got really big. I from the first year we went. Uh it was it was like not that big, but now it's just the national level. You get like teams from all over. Were you insane. part of the Bruins team that won two years ago? Yeah, I was. And then uh, I think that we won on two thousand eighteen, I believe, too, I think. How was it winning such uh such a big big tournament pretty much it's the national championship now for niche hockey how was it winning it it was uh probably my best hockey memory i'd like to say because like growing up with the bruins guys they're this like we're a big family and like we all love each other and we always keep up with each other we have a big snapchat group that we always snap <laughs> every day and uh well especially the year we had to with losing our, our brother there brent Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty uh, emotional, and I'm glad we got it done for him. 
Uh, uh, we watched that. We watched that championship game, and we watched Judd Blackwater. Do you ever notice how he breathes on the ice? Yeah, he does. Like, like is it like a, a yoga breath? Or... Or, is that what it's called? The hoo ha technique or something? <laughs> something crazy. I remember uh, Wacey was telling me about it, and yeah, you can just yeah, it's the way he breathes on ice. It's, but it just shows what kind of like why he's still playing at the age he is. Yeah, uh, you're. A couple of years ago when you guys won the Freddy, you guys were playing Moose Factory Scrappers and you guys were actually <laughs> losing going into the third. How uh, how nervous were you guys going into the third knowing you guys were, were down a couple of goals? Well, I I wouldn't say we were nervous. Well, we were pretty nervous, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> like we were down and um, Moose Factory has a good team. Like They were like well-structured. Like They played like an actual system. Unlike the, some other teams, I just kind of run and gun. Yeah. And, uh, but that third period, we all like just said, you know, screw it. You know, I have nothing to lose. So and we pulled together. I still remember when uh, Colton gave that uh, cross ice saucer to Judd and he just one teed it and he scored. I kind of. Oh, on, it was on the power play, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Man, those guys are like the Sedins together or something. I don't know. They just find uh, each other. Yeah, it was that was that game was hard to watch for me because I knew a lot of I a lot of the Bruins and I'm from Moose Factory, so I was kind of torn watching that game. But that was probably one of the best games I've watched. And yeah, everyone and, said it was like the championship. Like if they honestly, if they beat us, they probably win. Ready? Yeah, that was. Uh, they have a good team and. Like you said, they're really well structured, and that w- that was a really good tournament. Uh, you mentioned Brent Wilson. Um, you guys had like Caden Butterfly and some some really good uh, players. How how was it playing in the tournament? Uh, in remembrance of your uh, late teammate Brent. Yeah, it was honestly a good emotional weekend for all of us. Like we all we left it all on the ice, and Caden's um, actually a really good guy. Uh, he just fit in so well, like. Just, <laughs> You know, he didn't even, like, notice that he was just a, a newbie, I guess. He was just, like, laughing with the boys, and, yeah, he said he had a good time. So, and he's a good hockey player, too. Um, When you guys, when the Bruins lose in a tournament and a team like Cross Lake, where you guys pretty much, you guys have a rivalry with the, the, with the Islanders, like, how is it, like, how, like, feeling wise when you guys lose and they win a tournament like does it does it make you cringe or does it do you not like it yeah there's a little bit of jealousy there i'm not gonna lie uh for like my whole life i played against them every weekend that's because it's only an hour away right so yeah like we would drive there every weekend played across lake islanders i remember that since i was a little kid but honestly i'm happy for them because i know they they have a really good team a couple pros and a couple of good pickups. Who are some uh, indigenous players that you like when you go to res tourneys and you just think like, wow, this kid, these guys are like unreal, r- unreal hockey players. Well, obviously uh, Blackie, uh, Judd, yeah. and uh, I got Brady Keeper, like the way he skates. And I remember watching him junior B in Norihus because he played when he was 15 years old, I think. Even then, you knew he was going to go somewhere. Uh, another player that I, I love watching when we uh, 
There's a kid who played on Moose Factory. I forgot his name. Uh, he played Dalhousie, I think, University, with Owen oh. Hedrick. Oh, Troy Latin Dress. Troy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's unreal. PEI or something. Yeah, yeah PEI. Yeah, he's a really good player, too. Even Owen Hedrick was pretty nasty. Yeah, he was he's really good. Uh who are some players that you look looked up to growing up? I would say I have the Bruins guys because they're all like seven years older than me, like around that age, that gap. So like Miles Stevens and like Skylar Tate, all those guys, seeing them like on the ice and just learning from them. And then getting to play with them is even more special. Favorite NHL team and player. Oh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, man. Sidney Crosby. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Toronto. <laughs> oh, Toronto? Oh, no way, man. Or Edmonton. The Penguins, all oh, the Oilers, they, they finally stepped it up, though, eh? Yeah, they so did, they, yeah. Coach, yeah. Well, they had to since McDavid pretty much picked them picked them out of a hat, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to talk. Who's going again? Uh, knock. Chuck Nunblock, he's a Nard. coach in the A, Narblock oh, okay. or something. He coached McDavid and Yuri in junior, so. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Do you, uh, living in Winnipeg, do you have a lot of chance, chances to go to the, like, the Moose game or the Jets game with your busy schedule? Not really, because we, like, practice Monday to Thursday, and then some, like, when we have to travel, we leave on Thursday. So just pretty much six days a week, I'm pretty much busy with, like, school and hockey. How does uh, your university team travel? Do they go th- go on a bus or do they fly out? We fly out, so that's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. What what airline? Uh, the cheapest one. <laughs> 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 uh, I think we, tra- uh, we use, like, WestJet and uh, Air Canada. Do they lose your sticks on WestJet? Actually, they lost. Uh, yeah, they lost a bunch of our sticks last year. It was kind of insane. So it's not yeah. just us, Trev. Yeah, Bush well, and I went to a hockey tournament in Phoenix two weeks ago, and they lo- WestJet lost our sticks coming no back, way. coming back from Phoenix. So yeah, did they ever find them? Or yeah, we got them back like a couple of days later, but it was such a pain to file all that paperwork, and it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, so they're trying to so they're trying to do a file a submit a claim online uh, in the truck going home. I'm hitting bumps. I can see Trevor getting frustrated. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what kind of equipment does the school supply? Um, do they supply like sticks and skates and whatnot? Yeah, they uh, they supply everything you need. Actually, my hockey equipment got stolen this. Uh... Before the season started, the day before training camp, actually, <laughs> all my my whole hockey bag gone. So uh, I showed up to training camp with all brand new stuff from the school, which is awesome. But still sucked having to break in everything. So what? How did that happen? Did they break in your truck or your place? Yeah, I guess I had them in the back of my truck, and I have like those uh, tunnel covers that are like not hard. Yeah. So like, I. I came back to my truck and uh, they, I guess they sliced it open. And they, <laughs> but I didn't know for the longest time because my golf clubs were in there too. 
but they didn't steal my golf club. So the day before training camp, I'm like, where's my hockey gear? <laughs> yeah, they, they took my hockey gear. What kind of skates do you wear? What are your favorite skates? Right now, I'm wearing the the new Bowers, the Hyperlights too. Hyperlights too. Bush is uh, Team True. Yeah. Oh, you love you love the Trues, eh? Yeah. yeah really comfortable. Yeah, I, I I was actually debating on getting some of those, but I like Bowers. So I got the CCM FT6 Pros. I think they're called. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wore I wore them once. That's, I haven't decided if I like them yet, but before that, I was a true guy. Is that so, what you have now? True? Uh, yeah, I have true now, but uh, they're falling apart, so I got to use my CCM s- skates. So yeah, that's what I noticed about them—the like the the back cover or the you know the, the, thing the Achilles. The they fall yeah. Off of, yeah. As my eyelids that were falling off, falling out, and always cracking, so they would always rip up my laces. <laughs> so. Uh, advice. What advice would you give young young junior players who uh, who want to make it to the next level of playing new sports or playing college hockey in the states? Well, advice I like to give them is probably like take care of your body because it's the only body, like only thing you're gonna have, and you know, like have fun with it. You know, like hockey's like the best sport in the world, I'd say, and just enjoy it and put in the work. Like stay like. 10 minutes after practice and just work on like even the little things, you know, like your shot, your skating, you can never like get it. You can always get better. Uh, Before we let you go, we'll finish our interview with what we call our five famous niche, five rapid niche questions. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, Question number one, baked or fried bannock? Fried. I wonder why not. I mean, maybe ninety percent of our guests like fried bannock, especially with like, um, like hamburger soup. It's so oh good. yeah, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Fried bannock with hamburger soup. Yeah, go around. That's like with like tomato soup, macaroni. Tomato. Yeah, the whole goulash, everything, and Beef. frozen, frozen vegetables. Back home, they call it the hangover soup. Yeah, that's what I I that's what I call it too, hangover soup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question number two: Ever use a a bed sheet for a door or curtain? Actually, right now I have a bed sheet for a curtain up in my room. <laughs> I live eight hours from our house, but home's always going to be with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, question number three. Ever see Ernest Muniaz live in concerts? Yeah, actually, he came in our house. Our, uh, we have a big festival every summer. It's called the Earth Club Days, uh, three days. And uh, one one summer he came, and like, man, the guy can rock. Like, he's got <laughs> ladies like throwing bras at him at that age. It's insane. He's a true Unreal. rock star. Yeah. Question number four: Indian taco or Bannock burger? I'd say Indian taco. Fifth and last question. Can you jig? No. I, can't jig. <laughs> I actually got asked to jig uh, when I was in grade nine. I got form or they're forming a, jig, a jigging team or something. And they wanted me to join, but I was too busy with hockey. So, yeah, missed out. 
maybe I could have been a professional jigger instead of a hockey player. Who knows? <laughs> you could have been on the stage at the Shania Twain concert jigging. Oh yeah, you guys saw that, eh? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. that awesome. Yeah, that was that yeah, was pretty cool. Well, Toan, thanks for uh, taking the time out of your very busy uh, academic schedule and hockey schedule to, to join us on the show. We really appreciate it, man. And uh, we wish you the best for the rest of your season. Right on. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care and we'll uh, right. hopefully meet up one of these days at a res tourney or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. Take care, guys. Yeah, yeah. take care. See ya. <clears throat> Hey, welcome back. Hi. Hi, from... <laughs> <laughs> <High> five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome back from a great interview with Tony. Yeah. Tony. Uh, like I said earlier, it's uh, cool to get uh, the talk with these student athletes. I mean, it's cool that they're playing hockey while getting their education. And yeah. And he wants it's good for him for wanting to use his uh, education to go back home and work with mm-hmm. the youth. So that's awesome to see. Uh, this week's Res Hockey Top Five uh, is brought to you by Dennis Bushy Major. Okay. Am I taking it away now? It's all yours. The floor is all yours. All right. All right. All right. All right. Now today's. This week's version is of uh, top five is res hockey top five excuses as to why teams lose at res tourneys. Okay, starting at number five, uh, they realize they have no gravy at the KFC, so they're all bummed out. Number four, no one asks the guy that brings all the team tape, so they can't dress properly. <laughs> Number three, uh, the guy that was hauling all the team equipment, his truck broke down. I see that happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that number two? People don't have enough minutes on their cell phones for directions. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the number one cause is that the the certain number of players didn't plan their compliments and flowers and dinners early enough. To appease their wives and girlfriends, so they couldn't play. I can see that happening. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. I was just with you bringing that up. It just reminds me of us. Uh, what happened one time? I was playing in the rest tourney, and Friday night we all we all decided, hey, let's go have a couple pops. Let's go out. Let's go out a night out of town and whatnot, and. We all go out and we all make it to our Saturday, our Saturday game. And right, right when we were getting dressed, no, right when we were, we finished playing Saturday and right when we were getting undressed, one of the players, girlfriends walked into the dress room, started giving shit to one of the players on our team because he went out and I guess he didn't go back to their hotel room. Oh boy. so who knows? I don't know. I can't remember what happened or where he went and whatever. But she uh, she bought him skates. She bought him brand new skates. And oh. she came in our dresser room. There was guys naked in our room. And she didn't give she didn't give no shit. She was mad. And we the 
room went quiet because we knew she was mad. And yeah, and what she did, she took his skates because she paid for his skates and she took them and she went back home. Oh, so wow. that player on her team couldn't play because he had no skates because she took them. And when she left, the dress room was like so quiet. It's like, did that just happen? <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, it was pretty funny. I've never seen that before. But she must have been really pissed off. Well, so yeah, to come in a dress room and got like naked and take <laughs> take her boyfriend's skates <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Couple of us went out that Saturday night, and me and another player, we uh, kind of went too far and had to go Frank the Tank style, and we slept in our semifinal game. And when we got to the arena, we we missed maybe half the first period, and when we got to the arena, our t- our team we were playing for were they were winning. Then when, when we started, me and that other guy, when we started to play, uh, our team ended up losing in the semis. So oh. I think we kind of jinxed our team by showing up late. And <laughs> I think we should just, should have ha- shouldn't have dressed that game, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember if it was my fault or not. But yeah, that's a, it makes you, made me feel crappy anyways, knowing that <laughs> team was winning before we got there. And once we showed up, we lost, but, but yeah, guys, uh, quick advice. Don't piss off your uh, spouse. <laughs> Especially at a, at a tournament. She might come and take your skates or <laughs> take your yeah. sticks or something. But yeah, that was a funny story. That happened maybe like 10 years ago. <laughs> It still makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. The one thing that he needs in hockey, he had to take his skates. <laughs> uh this yesterday the NHL had their well, the Hockey Hall of Fame, which is pretty much an NHL ho- Hall of Fame, I guess. Uh had their inductees. They had a good list of inductees, but uh um, however, however, it just makes you think. A guy like Hendrik Lundqvist, he never won a cup. Uh, he won Olympic gold, I think, with Sweden one year, eh? I mean, like yeah. Mike Vernon, he won one cup with Calgary with Theo Fleury. Like, why isn't Theo Fleury or Reggie Leach in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, Reggie Leach was one of the best goal scorers in the 70s. He has an NHL record for most playoff goals in a playoff series with 19 goals. Yeah. A record that will never be broken, I don't think. No. Um, Theo Fleury, like we had him on the show last week. He won World Juniors, Olympic Gold, Stanley Cup. I mean, this guy's won pretty much at every level he played at. Yeah. So why aren't these Indigenous players being picked I mean, I know it's not, I'm not saying it's racism, but it just makes you think, like, why are these players are keep, uh, are kept being uh, sought after, not sought after, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Bush? Uh, they're, they're being passed on, right? So, yeah. 
So you got like Tom Barrasso. Well, he won two cups with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. But other than that, like Pierre Turgeon, what? Yeah, right. Did Pierre Turgeon ever win a cup? No way. I can't remember. I don't think he did. Like Lundqvist, like I said, didn't really win anything. Like no. Mike Ver- like Mike Vernon. Like he had a play for the Sharks. He had a, sh- a couple good years <laughs> with Calgary. It just makes you think, like, why are these players Something getting... stinks in the air, right? Yeah. Is it like a popularity Popularity vote, maybe. Possibly. I mean, yeah. like... like Reggie and Theo didn't have the best uh, reputation rep- away from the rink, right? A lot of drinking and drugs. Well, drugs with Theo, but a lot of drinking with Reggie. And Reggie would show up to the practice till half in a bag and play. Hockey half in a bag. So I wonder if it's that, their their social life away from the ice, why they're not being picked. I mean, because they're Stanley Cup champions and Reggie won a Canada Cup. Yeah. So it's just, they're Hall of Fame worthy, but they're just Absolutely. not getting picked yeah. right now. And now you get a lot of players that played in the 80s and 90s, like Theo, Theo's era, but you don't see a lot of 70s players like Reggie's era getting picked nowadays for Hockey Hall of Fame. So hopefully, like, what do, what do we have to do to get these guys on, like, ballot on the hall? Like, do we have to sign up, make a petition and get them sent to the yeah. Hockey Hall of Fame? Like, I don't understand. Like, Gary Curry's in the Hall of Fame and him and Reggie Leach both have that NHL record for most goals in the pl- playoffs. Well, Curry's won five cups. Nah. You telling me that does not hold the uh, candle to, to anything? Yeah, true. <laughs> but Reggie won won a cup too, right? So yeah. And he lost a cup. I think they lost their third year. Yeah, but Curry had Gretzky though, so. I'm sure Leach could have freaking won five cups if he was playing with. Yeah. But Gary Curry's career sucked when he went to L.A., though. He wasn't scoring in L.A. No. So don't be biased because you're a freaking Edmonton Oilers <laughs> fan. I'm just saying, man, that he's, you win. Kevin Lowe's won five cups. He's won six Kevin cups. Lowe, Kevin Lowe wore Microns. Imagine and... an NHL champion wearing Micron skates. <laughs> Six six time six time Stanley Cup champion though. Yeah. They won in he won it in uh in the Rangers. Yeah. Without Gretzky. Toronto should have won. No, did Toronto? Oh Vancouver no. beat Vancouver beat Toronto that, that year. Yeah, that's the uh yeah yeah, the Rangers won it in game seven with like three seconds left. I they, remember uh, Nathan Lafayette had the chance to tie up the Tie up the game and he hit the post. Oh, I like I like that hockey back then. That era yeah. was way better. But yeah, we got to get Reggie and Theo mm-hmm. in the hall. But uh, yeah, screw Kevin Lowe and Gary Curry. <laughs> uh, this past weekend there was uh, a big uh, Indigenous World Softball tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. Yes. Um, and with that, like a big tournament being held in Sin City, like why isn't there any indigenous 
hockey tournaments in a place like Vegas or like some, like a tournament in Toronto. Quit picking your nose, man. I can't help it. You, you, <laughs> this is hearsay right now. Not like that picture you took of me. <laughs> But Anyways. yeah, do you think a tournament, if someone, an organizer would put on a tournament in Vegas, it would be successful with uh, teams wanting to go play in a tournament in Vegas? Do you think uh, native teams would go down to Vegas and go I, play in a tournament? I, I think the American native teams would. I don't think Canadian, they're, they're probably wouldn't be as, as big but, as a Freddy because of our dollar exchange. But there's not too many. And First Nation, like native hockey teams in the U.S., don't right? No, I don't think there is. I don't think there are. I mean, there's skate, there's players, but there's not teams. No, but say if you have like a ten team tournament in Vegas, would would you, would you be able to get ten teams? I don't think so. No, I really don't. Especially with our dollar, I don't and, think the, I don't think the right players would go. Like the series players would look at this and they would look at players like, well, you know what? You're going to have the beer league players. I want to go and just go for the sake of being in Vegas. So I don't think it'll be as successful as you'd like it to be. So the downfall would be the exchange rate. Absolutely. Exchange uh, rate. Your flights, your hotels to Vegas. And the risk of sticks getting lost. What well, can't you carry? You should be able to have your sticks on as a carry on now. <laughs> the the thing that I thought was weird, like a lot of people wore poppies. Uh, yeah, what was the, what was up on with the that? airplane? Like, what isn't that like a security risk with that pin with that needle? Right, that's what I thought. Like, I thought that was weird. Like, you could wear a poppy on a plane and get through security wearing a poppy, but you have this needle, right? I'm not saying we're not against poppies, FYI. I support the Legion, and I always wear a poppy every year to show our yeah. support. But I'm just saying that can be a risk, right? Like, it's a it could be considered a weapon. I just thought it was weird. Like, you notice these things when you're sitting in a airport for three hours. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, what about Toronto? Like, downtown Toronto, where the old Maple Leaf Gardens is. Do you think a tournament, a men's tournament... Would be successful in a city I like Toronto, so. yeah, I think so. But just, but just not Vegas. I mean, no. like you, like you never hear tournaments like in Vancouver, like Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, Calgary, or Toronto, like the big cities, mm-hmm. like the old Maple Leaf Gardens on downtown Toronto. That'd be a cool place to have a tournament. Yeah, well, they have that draft tournament downtown. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice, uh, the old Maple Leaf Gardens, they renovated and it's pretty cool. The weird thing it is, you're playing on the third floor though. Oh. You got to go up like two <laughs> escalators or a, the elevator to go oh. on the ice. It's like, that's weird. <laughs> well, Madison Square Garden is the same too, right? Like you got to go. Yeah. Like what if that ever, like something happens, like when you're playing, the ice just comes down. <laughs> not scary, but yeah, it's cool. Maybe that's something someone can plan, like a down downtown Toronto hockey tournament. No, yeah. I would go. Of course you would. 
downtown Toronto. <laughs> I don't. I don't like Toronto. It's it's too busy for me. Too too many people and. I don't know if you discovered me last year. And when you go to like downtown Toronto now, you you can't even see the CN Tower because there's too many apartment buildings. Uh. It just totally ruins your your view and. But anyways, enough of that. But but yeah, someone put on a someone should put on a tournament in a major city. Vegas would be cool. Vegas would be cool. We go play. I think that was the coolest thing playing in Phoenix is just go inside the arena, come outside wearing flip flops and shirt and shorts, and just air out your equipment in the parking yeah. lot because it's plus thirty. So yeah, it's uh, that totally, was nice. Yeah, it was totally different compared to playing in Canada and but uh, <laughs> anyways uh, anything else before we uh, skedaddle don't share your water bottles people yes. there's still viruses especially now it's the changing of the seasons people are going from hot to cold hot to cold don't share water bottles it's it'll save you it'll save you a whole month of uh, of phlegm coughing up being sick headache yeah pain, and everything. if you're and parents, if your kid is sick, keep, keep them, them home. home. Don't don't uh, take them to hockey where they're going to expose other kids to this yeah. sickness, whatever sickness they have. Have it be flu or cold. Just keep them home and uh, put some YouTube on and just let them stay home and watch it. Uh, there's no point of them <laughs> getting everyone sick, right? So be smart. But uh, anyways. Thanks for joining us for episode 97. We really appreciate yeah. you uh, hanging out with us for the last hour and change. So we, we appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys next week for episode 98. Yes, we so, will. So, so take care. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Peace. Peace out.